Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. The Yappy Program on WVNN. All right, so what are the five stages of grief? When you have the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Now, if you're wondering why I'm asking what the five stages of grief are right now, Kelsey Kapowski is here with us. (laughs) And... No doubt you're going through the five stages already, the five stages of grief. Are you still in denial about Nick Saban? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that, that's but where you it's are. It's not here. like I've made this up in my own head. These are, you know, I'm keeping I up think. with the story the last 24 hours. It's stuff that sure. I've read that come from credible sources inside, you know, 247 Sports, Kelsey. ESPN. Yeah, you go off of it. I've read it from those sites. It's not like I'm going on Reddit <laughs> you- and seeing all this crazy stuff. If you're listening right yeah. now, you got to listen to the Yaffe Hour today, <laughs> which is on the ump at 1 p.m. today. Um, we do a segment, the Sports Buffet with Kelsey Kapowski. He is going to explain to us why Nick Saban is coming back to Alabama. Well, it, partially, yes. I do have a theory about that. Not really a theory. I think it's an, uh, something we may see in the next couple of days. That he he no, but this wasn't a whole media year. thing. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't the whole media thing. Like, okay, I'm going to get him to roll Tumor's corner. You know, the whole country's going to celebrate because King Saban's gone, and then he's just going to be like, "Oh, guys, I was just kidding." You know, that's not what this is going to be. No, you, I think this is a serious thing that you know Nick Saban had caused to- this, and then a serious reason why he's going to come back. Yes, and this is not the first stage of grief. This is not denial. No, you think- this is not denial. <laughs> But okay. we're also going to talk about, and I came into the studio this morning. Um, I'm a lot higher today than I was yesterday. I, I could imagine. I-, <laughs> um, I, I came into the studio, and I was talking to one of our other producers here, uh, Tracy, and I told him he's a big Texas fan. And mm-hmm. I go, Tracy, you know uh, who's the 30th highest paid head coach in college football? I said, Steve Sarkeesian. You know who the next coach in Alabama football is? Steve Carson Sarkeesian, because he's about to be number one. Oh, uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All so, right. No, no, we'll so, talk about it more later. I know yeah. we had the we were going to do uh, some news with Kevin Steele with his defensive coordinator mm-hmm. position being open at Alabama because he's retiring. Uh, that doesn't matter now. All those candidates were uh, Nick Saban guys. We're not going to get a Nick Saban guys at DC. Man. So we'll see what happens. Crazy. Lots changing. Crazy story. Mm-hmm. All right. Other than that, are, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay right now. I'm <laughs> like I said, I was um, I, I was crying yesterday. Um, you know, I'm going to be on. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked. I was. It was. Bad. I did not expect this at all yeah. this year. It When I saw, you texted me, actually, and then I saw the news. I was yeah. like, wow. Well, I texted Chris Reed from the Daily Controversy as well, who goes on uh-huh. his sister station on the ump. And uh, I told him, you know, I'll, I'm running his show today. And I was like, you know, I may be a shell of myself. Or you <laughs> might hear a grown man cry. Is he an Alabama fan? Uh, Chris Reed, yes, he is. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You're listening to the, <laughs> the Yaffe program. This is the show where you can count on the latest news, 
the important guests, and the best analysis, all for your morning commute here on Newstalk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Um, just have to, uh, <laughs> I mean, really is, in Alabama, the Nick Saban thing really is the biggest story of the day. And it probably will come up in what's trending as well when Tori's here. And I'll have more details about his announced retirement during uh, the Alabama bullet points as well. And especially in Alabama, this probably overshadowed the debate last night. Now, I have to admit, there was a debate on CNN between Governor Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Uh, Chris Christie announced that he is dropping out of the presidential race. He announced that right before the debate. Didn't even make the debate stage anyway. Then there was a, a hot mic moment where he basically trashed Nikki Haley. And I thought maybe he was dropping out to uh, help Nikki Haley win in New Hampshire to beat Trump. But Dale told me, informed me that uh, Chris Christie has refused to endorse Nikki Haley. So maybe that's not it. And I'm like, okay, this is, then why get out of the race? Other than you, you know you're going to lose, I guess. So that's happening. Now, at the same time, President, former President Donald Trump did a, kind of a town hall thing on Fox News to try to overshadow the debate between Haley and DeSantis. I have to be honest with you. I forgot all about this debate yesterday. Now, I could use my kid as an excuse, my baby as an excuse, or I had work stuff to do. But honestly, I've been honest with you. You know, I've been saying this for a while. It's hard to get super into the debate when the latest polls in Iowa still show Trump up by like 30 points. It's also hard when the world stops turning. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. The world has stopped turning. When Nick Saban has retired, he has paid attention to nothing else. I don't even know if he even slept last night. Poor Kelsey. Um, it was rough. <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, man. Uh, this show's going to be rough. I think you're producing. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the presidential race, I I want DeSantis to win in Iowa. I really do. He needs to win in Iowa. Maybe that can get some momentum. Then Nikki Haley could win in New Hampshire, and then you have a real race where anything's possible, and maybe DeSantis could end up winning. I think DeSantis would be a great president. I've told you this many, many times. He's much better at governing than he is at campaigning. We know this. We see what he's done in Florida. But I also think Trump is just a -a once-in-a-lifetime figure. And those who are against Trump underestimated the emotional appeal that he has to his base, to his voters, to people in this country. And the charisma he just has... When he's like on TV. And no matter how good DeSantis is or how good Nikki Haley is on the debate stage and they go after each other, and there was a lot of that last night, I'm not really sure any of that matters in the big scheme of things because it's just Trump. We could talk about all the things that DeSantis did wrong or Nikki Haley did wrong or Chris Christie did wrong, whatever. We could talk about that. But I don't really think that plays as much of a role as other people are saying. I don't think it's that DeSantis' campaign was bad. I think it's just Trump soaks up all the oxygen in the room. And there's just not much you can do about it. As long as he's around, as long as he's running for president, that's kind of the reality. 
Uh, let me give you an example on why. Do you, do you have the audio, Brady, uh, Kelsey? I, w- I want to go ahead and uh, play the Trump cut real quick. There was one line from Trump at his town hall last night that I'm like, this this is one of those things that Trump says and why he gets so much support and why his diehard supporters continue to be his diehard supporters. Go and play Trump cut one. Well, first of all, a lot of people would say that that's not so bad. Look what they did. Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. The FBI Twitter hoax. The 51 intelligence agents hoax. All of these different hoaxes that they did. I mean, you know, a lot of people would say that's probably quite normal. I'm not going to have time for retribution. We're going to make this country so successful again. I'm not going to have time for retribution. And, And remember this. Our ultimate retribution is success. Our ultimate. I mean, it's just a quick line. He was asked about, he was asked about, you know, are you going to want retribution against your political enemies if you come to be president? And you have some on the left, including Whoopi Goldberg, who says Trump's going to put his political enemies in camps or something. People disagree with him in concentration camps. It's like insane stuff. They really have convinced themselves in their heads that Trump is Hitler or Satan, which is kind of amazing because he was president before. And the country actually did pretty well until all the stupid COVID stuff. But he takes that and he says the simple thing. He's like, look, I'm not going to have time for retribution. I'm going to make America great again. And the best retribution is success. I mean, lines like that, they're clever, they're simple, but they're so effective. And I have to give him credit for it. I got to give him credit that. That kind of stuff is just Trump knows exactly what to say to get the kind of attention. And frankly, all the leftist attacks against him, whether using lawfare or just in the media, they just help Trump. And he knows how to use it to his advantage. So later on in the show, we will probably go over some cuts, more cuts of Trump at the town hall, more cuts of DeSantis at the debate. He had a lot of good comments. He had one comment that um, I'm going to hit on a little bit because I think it's kind of ridiculous. One of his attacks against Nikki Haley. I could play some of the back and forth, the attacks uh, about Nikki Haley from DeSantis or vice versa or whatever. I I think most people are bored with that kind of stuff, frankly. I don't want to insult you. We, We get it. They don't like each other. They're trying to win. But there were some really good things that DeSantis said, and I still think DeSantis would be a great president. He is very, very, very good at governing, and he knows what to do to get things done. But I'm not sure it matters. So we'll see what happens on Monday. I hear from some that DeSantis is going to outperform in Iowa because he's campaigned so hard, and the caucus system is different. So we'll see. But man, I just, uh, I just don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I mean, of all like the presidential primaries I've covered, it's been very difficult to be excited about this one because like Trump has just had a dominant lead the whole time. Now, I don't know if uh, Nick Saban is retiring to run for president. W- would that make you feel better? It's Kelsey? a rumor. I would vote for him. <laughs> I hey, if he can run the SEC, he can run the country. <laughs> See, there you go. That, that, there's a campaign slogan right there. <laughs> All right, we got the Alabama bullet points. 
Coming up next, the legendary Will Hampson is going to join us once again at the bottom of the hour. I want to get his take on this GOP primary race, plus the circus that was Hunter Biden interrupting a hearing about him yesterday, which I have one question for everyone. You can tell me on the WVNN hot take text line. Is Hunter Biden trying to get his dad to lose? Like, does Hunter Biden actually want his dad to lose? I'm starting to think maybe he does. So we'll talk about that later on as well. You're listening to the Yaffe Program back in a moment. The Yaffe Program. Back here on the Yaffe Program, just a quick reminder, the legendary Will Hampson is going to be joining me at the bottom of the hour. Casey Wardinsky, former assistant secretary to the Army, going to be joining me in the next hour as well we got to get to the alabama headlines right now though we got the alabama bullet points alabama bullet points today's headlines from around the yellowhammer state sponsored by larry's pistol and pawn number four today jefferson county is uh, going to save its taxpayers over a billion dollars it's a lot of money this is after refinancing its municipal debt. That would be $1.17 billion. Now, this comes uh, 10 years after Jefferson County filed for bankruptcy after having to rebuild its sewer system, a financial crisis, and there was a bunch of corruption in that county. So it seems like things are turning around in Jefferson County. By the way, I heard that there were a lot of people in Athens complaining about sewer systems and you know, because of all the rain and messes with septic tanks and they want to be uh, hooked up to sewer systems. So apparently that's an issue in Athens. Where I live in Athens, we are in the sewer system. I haven't had any problems personally, but I guess some of the some of the older houses not in the new subdivisions are having that issue. All right, it looks like there's more evidence that a comprehensive gaming bill will uh, be coming up in the next session. Not too surprising. We've talked a lot about it here. Now, will it go anywhere? Does it have any chance of passing? I don't really know why this year would be any different than the previous years, but State Representative Andy Witt, out of Harvest, um, he referenced a comprehensive gaming bill that he said would include a lottery, casinos, regulation, sports betting, and he believes this will help crack down on illegal gambling, which he calls, he says it's like the wild, wild west. Um, most people, and we talked about it yesterday with State Representative Chris Elliott, most people want a lottery. They're kind of iffy on a gambling bill, but once you get these comprehensive big packages, it seems like it just kind of messes everything up. No one can agree on anything. All right, number two today, Governor Kay Ivey taking on those who want to unionize uh, automotive manufacturing in the state of Alabama. She actually wrote an op-ed. You can read it at yellowhammernews.com. She says, unions want to target one of Alabama's crown jewel industries. Now, the United Auto Workers have gathered the endorsement of 30% of the employees at the Mercedes plant in Tuscaloosa. 
Now, this comes as UAW is looking to expand their recent wins into the South. Now, Alabama is preparing another fight over unionization, and this time, Governor Kay Ivey is making sure to fight back pretty early to be proactive on this. I mean, we've had fights over unionization at Amazon facilities. There's some who want to unionize Starbucks, which I think is kind of ridiculous. I've debated uh, Jacob Morrison on this and why, no, we should not have these unions here. Number one, yes, you know what the biggest story of the day is. Nick Saban is retiring. It was announced yesterday. First, it came with a source, uh, ESPN, and then eventually uh, it was confirmed, and he did tell the team he was retiring. Obviously, this is shocking. Not only that he's retiring, I didn't expect him to retire, but kind of how it all went down. It was very, it was very quick. Now, Kelsey's going to have more details on this later on. When he's on my other show, The Yappy Hour, which you can hear every day, 1 p.m. on The Yump. Um, Saban is the best college football coach of all time, right? I think most people would agree with that. Even I would agree with that. I can't imagine who would be above him, frankly, but that is one of the big stories. Well, that's the biggest story of the day, no doubt. Uh, By the way, Bullet Points brought to you once again by Larry's Pistol and Pawn. They have the best selection of guns and jewelry. Yeah, completely different things. But if you're a guy and you want to update your firearm or you want to buy your loved one some really nice jewelry, you can get it all done in one place. Larry's Pistol and Pawnee Madison off Greenbrier Exit 3. Yes, it's next to that big rusty water tower. It's the Yappy Program on WVNN. Back here once again on the Yaffe program, Talk Radio News Talk 770 AM 92.5 FM WVNN. Our buddy John on the text line is already giving me a poor review for today's show because I've talked about Nick Saban too much. Sorry. Stick to the issues crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's stick to the issues or he just doesn't like Nick Saban. It could be either. Could be, uh... <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, sticking to the issues, joining me right now, he's a former congressional staffer, also worked for several campaigns and used to be uh, producer host extraordinaire on this station, the legendary Will Hampson. Will, how are you today, my friend? I'm great. You're too kind to me, Yaffe. What an introduction. I know. I try. I try. Remember me when you're big. Um, so... My first question, uh, is Nick Saban running for president? Is that what's happening here? Uh, I think he's going to start with the United States Senate. I think it'll be an interesting race. Uh, (laughs) I do think he'll end up uh, winning that seat, and then uh, sky is the limit from there. (laughs) Okay, good. Um, Where would you like to start? Would you like to start with uh, the GOP primary race, the latest there, or the Hunter Biden stuff? Which, Which topic interests you more first? Well, I appreciate the choice, but this mm-hmm. is not the Will Hampson program. It's the Yaffe program. <laughs> so wherever you want to start, we'll, we'll start. Uh, all right. So let's – I actually do kind of want to start with the Hunter Biden stuff. Is is Hunter Biden trying to get his dad to lose? Because I'm watching what happened yesterday. Shows up to a hearing about his contempt. He just looks like an arrogant jerk, I guess. Like him showing up seems like a crazy PR stunt. And there's a part of me that's like, how does this help his dad? Like, how does this help his dad's campaign? I don't think it does at all. So I'm like, does Hunter want his dad to lose? Maybe. Is that what's going on? What do you think that was all about yesterday? 
Uh, Yaffe, I think the American people are starting to understand and do understand the extent of corruption and privilege the Biden family has been exercising for most of Joe Biden's career. I think they're in such a bad situation that this is kind of the, the backs against the wall, last ditch effort to try and spin this. And the spin is, I'm Hunter Biden, I'm willing to show up to your committee and you guys won't ask me questions. I'm here. I, I'm sitting in front of you, Republicans. Let's do this in public. Let's get it on, uh, is what he's trying to show. And, and of course, Republicans have been pretty disciplined this whole time saying, look, dude, the way that this process works is you come and you do a deposition behind closed doors so that we can ask you all of these questions because you've broken a lot of laws. We have a lot of evidence. We have paper trails. Uh, we have all sorts of crimes that we have evidence that you've committed. We're going to ask you about all of this. We're not going to limit it to uh, you know a, a two-hour spectacle on TV where it's broken up into five-minute segments. Uh, and so I, I think what you're seeing is the offense that the Biden family has uh, is this. This is it. There are not many good options. And so Hunter is doing what he thinks he can uh, to try and continue to spin the narrative. But uh, I really do think the clock is starting to tick on the Biden family. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. And you talk about how this is their offense, but he shows up there and there were some talking to him, like some Republicans addressed him and then he leaves early. And you have Marjorie Taylor Greene and others like, where are you going? You're here. So does it, did it kind of backfire a little bit? You show up and you say, I'm here to answer questions. And then you leave early or am I wrong on that? Yes and no, Yaffe. I think Fox News and, and Newsmax and uh, obviously the, the Republicans uh, on the Oversight Committee and throughout Capitol Hill are going to say that he you know, ran like a scared little baby. Uh, and then the left is going to spin it and say he was there, he was willing to you know, answer legitimate questions, and the only thing that he was able to do was have you know, Nancy Mace yell at him that he has no balls. And so uh, I think both sides kind of got out of that what they hoped they would get out of it. Democrats are going to say that he came, he showed up, he was willing to ask questions, and Republicans wouldn't take it serious because they know they have no case. Republicans are going to say he showed up. It was obviously a, a stunt. He wasn't actually willing to answer any questions. So I think to answer your question, Yaffe, uh, because I would at least like to answer a question here, uh, I think both sides kind of got out of it what they hoped they would get out of it. Okay. What about, what about the average American? I mean, what do you think the average American voter gets out of it? I don't know if the average American voter cares about yesterday. I think hmm. the, the smart American voters already understand that the, the Biden family used their influence uh, to make millions of dollars. Uh, I think dumb voters think that uh, that this is all a Republican ploy to try and take down you know, Joe Biden, who's doing a, a bang-up job. Uh, I really don't think it's moving public opinion too much what happened yesterday. Uh, but I don't think most of the stunts that happen in Congress uh, really move the needle. I think Republican voters uh, pretty much overwhelmingly understand what's going on here. Uh, and Democrats are always going to refuse uh, to understand what's going on here. So speaking of moving the needle, it looks like not much is really moving the needle in terms of the GOP primary. You have Trump is still pretty dominant in Iowa there was a poll in New Hampshire, though, that kind of had Nikki Haley within, you know, single digits of Trump in some of the poll. If 
you know, especially if she can get some of those Chris Christie voters. Is there anything to that in, in your mind or is this just a lot of hype and Trump's pretty much got this locked? What do you think? Uh Yes and no, to answer your question there. Uh, I think Trump is going to win Iowa. I think it will be not even very close, uh, to be honest with you, Yaffe. I think Trump is going to run away with Iowa. Uh, I think Nikki Haley has a legitimate shot to win New Hampshire. Uh, As much as that pains me to say, I think with Chris Christie dropping out of the race, uh, I don't think he would have done that if he didn't have serious inclination that his voters would go to Nikki Haley. Uh, I do think that there is a chance that Nikki Haley wins New Hampshire. Uh, I think Nikki Haley obviously will be competitive in South Carolina, her home state. Uh, the, The thing that I think gets lost in this, Yaffe, is that Donald Trump has such an incredible infrastructure. He's been the president of the United States. This is his third time running in a Republican primary for president. Uh, I think Donald Trump is going to wipe the floor with everyone else on Super Tuesday uh, and that the race will kind of be over from there. And so uh, it's exciting to talk about kind of the horse race here of these first three states. Uh, I still think that Donald Trump probably wins uh, Iowa and South Carolina. Uh, And I think that that kind of momentum, even if Nikki Haley were to win New Hampshire, if she can't come and win her home state of South Carolina, and then Donald Trump is as well positioned as I think most insiders kind of believe he is for Super Tuesday and beyond, uh, that path for anyone else gets thinner and thinner. So uh, I I think, again, it's exciting to kind of discuss. I absolutely think Nikki Haley certainly is surging. I think that's a real thing uh, in New Hampshire and generally. I think the other thing to keep an eye on, Yaffe, is just how poorly Ron DeSantis does. I think the worse that DeSantis does, the better that Haley does. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I think that Ron DeSantis is poised to finish pretty surprisingly low uh, in most of these early states. Well, my guess would be that if he loses Iowa, he just drops out. I I can't imagine that he sticks in it to lose New Hampshire and then South Carolina and then possibly lose Florida in the future. Do you think if he loses and it's not close, he just drops out after Iowa? Yeah, I think he'll he'll certainly reevaluate. I think it depends. Uh, now, given DeSantis still has some infrastructural advantages, he has, I mean, most of the organizers and people that kind of professionally do these caucuses, and keep in mind, Yaffe, a caucus is completely different than right. a primary. If, if there were going to be an upset uh, of sorts, I do think it would be in a caucus. Again, I'm sure you've explained this to your listeners, but the the process is completely different than you go, you pull the lever for who you're voting for, and you leave, and whoever has the most votes wins. Completely different. Uh, And so DeSantis does have some good things going for him. He has some good people in Iowa. But if he finishes in third, and it's not particularly close, uh, I think he definitely will have to reevaluate. He's also put a lot of stock into South Carolina. That was a state that I think he thought he would do well in. I think he always knew he wouldn't do great in New Hampshire. Uh, but uh, I, I think it will be interesting depending on how well Nikki does and how poorly he does, whether he sticks it out. Well, yeah, and there's no doubt you're right that DeSantis put all most of his chips into Iowa and Haley put most of her chips into New Hampshire. Now, let's say that DeSantis wins Iowa the Nikki Haley wins New Hampshire. Does that change things at all? Or is it pretty much then Trump wins South Carolina Super Tuesday and it's over? 
I, I really still think that Trump is is well suited down the line, and I think you could see. I would be shocked if this happened, but even if that scenario plays out, I mean, remember that Joe Biden uh, also lost. Uh, Iowa and New Hampshire last go around. It's why he had to change the primary process to make sure that Iowa and New Hampshire were no longer (laughs) first uh, on the Democrat slate. But it's certainly doable. And again, uh, I just I think it's hard to understate Donald Trump has done this three times now. He's got the infrastructure. He's got the cash advantages. Nikki Haley is certainly surging. She's doing a, you know, a, a good job. But she still doesn't have the resources that I think she needs to go and compete with Donald Trump, especially when you've got, you know, five, six, seven, eight primaries on the same day in states all over the country. Uh, I think DeSantis and Haley both, as you said, put their eggs in some of these early state baskets. Uh, Trump is is ready to go for the long haul. He's set up. He's got a great infrastructure. Uh, I still think even if, uh, you know, something were to happen to him in these first couple of states, uh, I still think Donald Trump's the guy. Speaking with the legendary uh, Will Hampson, I I don't know if you heard uh, my uh, little spiel at the beginning of the show, but it kind of goes along with what you said that, you know, I'm a DeSantis guy. I like DeSantis. But I feel like Trump is just kind of this once in a lifetime political figure. And those who, you know, would prefer someone else, they kind of underestimated Trump's emotional appeal that he has to people, that he has to his voters and his base. And no matter how good or bad DeSantis or Nikki Haley do, I think it's just hard to compete with that charisma that is Donald Trump. It's a once in a lifetime figure in politics. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, when I'm talking to people that are, are going to run for Congress or they want to run for office, uh, the, the general scenario that usually plays out nine out of ten times is that the person that wins a Republican primary is the most conservative person that people like. That's who you vote for. I am going to go pull the lever for the most conservative person that I like. It's not always the most conservative person. Uh, but it is the most the, the person I think is the most conservative that I like. And Donald Trump checks both of those boxes. We can say what we want about him. Uh, we've all had our frustrations with Donald Trump. But he had a conservative record. He had a great booming economy. He did some very, very good things. Uh, and the charisma is unmatched. So I think you put two and two together. Uh, the guy has all of the makings to be a superstar, which he obviously is. And, and that's, I think... Uh, the tough part, people like DeSantis, but they don't love him like they love Donald Trump. Uh, and I do think that DeSantis, uh, all of this talk that DeSantis's future is over and no one will ever vote for him again, I, I don't necessarily think I buy that. But DeSantis needs to look in the mirror and kind of say, look, there's a reason why people like me, but they love Donald Trump. How do I kind of get to that next level? But uh, absolutely. I was watching his town hall last night, Yaffe, on Fox. The guy's charisma is just unmatched. The way he works the crowd, uh, the way he's he's throwing in jabs at Fox News to Fox News. I mean, the, the whole thing, the way he's just able to, to navigate all of this uh, really is unbelievable. He's a once-in-a-generation talent, uh, and I think that that's the reason why he's going to run away with this. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Now, the last question I have for you, um, who do you think his vice presidential pick? He says he's already picked someone. He could It could just be bluster, but any idea who it might be? I would be shocked if it was not Christy Nome or Ben Carson. Those are the, the two names. That, oh, Ben uh, Carson. I hadn't heard about him in a while. I would be shocked if it wasn't one of those two. The only, I think, dark horse that it could be that uh, uh, I think time would, would kind of decide this 
uh, would be Nikki Haley. Uh, but I do believe it's kind of down to, to those two uh, as the front runners. But again, keep in mind also, Yaffe, people forget this. Uh, at this time in 2016, uh, Mike Pence, who of course went on to be vice president, uh, was still supporting Scott Walker. He would then mm-hmm. go on to support Ted Cruz before hopping on the Trump train uh, and becoming the, the vice presidential nominee and then the vice president. But uh, I think that was April or May that he kind of finally got on on board with Trump, who was the third candidate he supported. So uh, all that to say that there is a lot of time and things certainly could change uh, as far as that VP front goes. But uh, uh, I would say with, with a lot of confidence from what I'm hearing from Trump world is that it will be Ben Carson or Christine Noem. Interesting. I love Ben Carson. Always, always really liked Ben Carson. Legendary Will Hampson joining me every week here on the Yaffe program. Appreciate it, Will. Hope uh, hope you're doing well, and we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. There you go. If you want to react to any of those uh, political prognostications, I guess you can call them, you can on the WVNN Hot Take text line, 925-494-9866, 925-494-WVNN. I want to tell you about the sponsor real quick right now, Tanya Hendricks. She's an estate planning attorney. You can find out more about her at HuntsvilleEstatePlanningLawyers.com. If you need to get your estate planning in order, and you really should, I mean, be an adult. If you haven't done that yet, and I need to do this as well, and I'm working with Tanya to do that, you need to work with Tanya Hendricks as well with HuntsvilleEstatePlanningLawyers.com. Um, you want to make sure your last will and testament are in order. You want to make sure your estate plans are in order to name guardians for your children, avoid taxes and probate, protect your families and assets, uh, your assets and your family and have peace of mind knowing that your family is going to be taken care of. Um, Huntsville Estate Planning Lawyers.com. Save money, save time, avoid fear and uncertainty. I know it's not always the best thing to think about what can happen to you if the worst happens to you is your family taken care of but you got to be responsible you got to be an adult and you got to talk with the expert in town tanya hendricks huntsville estate planning lawyers.com you can call her today schedule a call on the website or call her 256-361-1221 tanya hendricks with huntsville estate planning lawyers.com call her today and when you do let her know yaffe was the one who sent you got our local news update coming up next here in the yaffe program You're listening to Yaffe on WVNN. Time now for our local news update brought to us by our news partners at Way 31 TV. Chris Tatum is joining me once again this morning. Chris, how are you this morning? I'm wonderful. How are you this morning? Doing pretty good. So what is the latest news? Well, I guess the big question is what you want to talk about. <laughs> of course, the big story still today is Nick Saban's retirement. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what I can add that you probably haven't already heard or talked about this morning. Yeah, not much. I mean, Kelsey, uh, my producer, is a huge Alabama fan, and he's still in the five stages of grief. He's in the denial stage right now <laughs> about it. So You know what? So are a lot of folks. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what else you got, though? All right, well, let's talk about this one. So Alabama right now, one big step closer to becoming the first state to actually execute a death row inmate uh, by nitrogen hypoxia. A federal judge denied Kenneth Smith's request yesterday to halt his execution. 
Uh, Smith argued or had argued that uh, since nitrogen hypoxia is an untested execution method never used before in the U.S. on a human being, that it would violate his constitutional right against cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, You'll recall, of course, he is scheduled to die January 25th for killing Elizabeth Sennett in Colbert County back in 1988. But uh, also it's worth keeping in mind that it was uh, Smith himself who requested to die by nitrogen hypoxia instead of a lethal injection. Yeah, it's a huge story and been a lot of back and forth on that. But you're right. It seems like uh, he will be the first one executed by that method in the state of Alabama. Um, Chris Tatum with our news partners at Wade 31 TV. Find out more about these stories at WadeTV.com. Chris, always appreciate it. And I know we'll talk to you again next time. Have a great day. You as well. Uh, By the way, if you're dealing with any kind of joint pain, because, you know, freezing cold makes the joint pain even worse, you can do what I did for my back, which helped so much. Go to RegenesisStemCell.com. The -the state-of-the-art stem cell therapy at RegenesisStemCell.com. The Yappy Program. The Yappy Program on WVNN. All right, so we are going to talk about some other things other than possibly Nick Saban running for president or something like that. By the way, we will have the latest on Nick Saban retiring on my other show, The Yappy Hour, on our sister station, The Yump. Uh, Kelsey will do a sports buffet. But, you know, I I do have an idea for Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. At least this is what he should have done if he really wanted the media to defend him. I mean, they're kind of defending him now. But as you know, the Secretary of Defense kind of went AWOL for a few days, had uh, uh, elective surgery, then was in the ICU, didn't tell anybody, and even told some of his staff that he was working from home, which isn't true. The president didn't know about it. There are a lot of implications for this. But, you know, if he were smart, he would have just said that elective procedure was uh, to change his gender, to become transgender. Because, yeah, I mean, if the Secretary of Defense came out as a woman now, um, the media, the left, the Democrats, they would defend him to the hilt. Then they'd be like, oh, well, th- that's why. We need to keep him now. It's a, the, the DEI hire of the year. So maybe, but he, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Actually, uh, apparently he he does a pros, uh, had a prostate cancer, had a simple procedure. And I do wish him the best, but he should resign. He should be fired he should resign. You can't have a secretary of defense not informing the president and other superiors and other people under him, frankly, um, that he's going to be out for a few days. So we're going to talk more about this right now here on the Yaffe program where you can catch the latest news, the important guests, and the best analysis all for your morning commute here on News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Joining me on the show right now, he was uh, the assistant secretary to the Army under President Trump. He's also the former Huntsville School Superintendent, Huntsville City School Superintendent. Uh, Casey Wardinsky is joining me right now. Mr. Wardinsky, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Hi, good morning. So what do you think about all this? I'm sure, I mean, were you pretty shocked that the Secretary of Defense could basically go missing for days and the president didn't know about it? Well, yes and no. <laughs> uh, you know, um, the Defense Department is different than Department of Commerce or Department of Ed. 
Uh, it specifically called out in plans to ensure there's a national government in the event of emergency. Uh, there's an agency called FEMA, and they're responsible for continuity of government. And in there, they charge Department of Defense with um, a uh, national essential function called Defend the Country. And it's uh, the first one is to have enduring constitutional government. The second one is to have a visible government. And the third is to defend the country. And the only one can do that is Department of Defense. <clears throat> and inside there, Department of Defense is charged with continuity of operations plans. And I got a Deputy Assistant sec uh, Secretary of Defense who's responsible for that. I knew that guy when I was in the Pentagon. Uh, I was part of the plan. Um, I was part of succession to being the Secretary of Defense. If you're a presidential appointee that Senate confirmed, you're a constitutional officer. And in Defense Department, that means civilian control of the military. And so they want to make sure there's a Secretary of Defense to exercise that under any circumstance to include, you know, a sneak attack on Washington. Uh, you got about, you know, according to Hillary Clinton, when she divulged this to the public, she said we have about four minutes for the president to make decisions before, you know, Washington be, be gone in an emergency. If Lloyd Austin's under anesthesia and general anesthesia, he's got an incapacity. He cannot be part of this function. And he specifically can't be part of nuclear command and control, of which he is the top at the Department of Defense. And that consists of the president, Secretary of Defense, and then to convey civilian orders into a military format, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. That's like a major function. It's called out in any number of plans, any number of key documents and presidential directives. Uh, SecDef's got to be able to do that. Now, if he's incapacitated, there are specific procedures to delegate his authorities to the deputy SecDef. The uh, SecDef's got a football just like the president, and they can delegate that sort of thing off to the deputy SecDef in appropriate circumstances. But obviously, none of that happened. And so, you know, I read stuff about how well he was AWOL. Well, people that say that don't know what they're talking about. When you're a presidential appointee, the Senate confirmed, you neither earn leave nor take leave. You're always working, no matter where you are and what you're doing. Now, you can delegate your authorities if you're incapacitated or you're otherwise indisposed and you can't be reached. Uh, but it's not a matter of AWOL. It's a matter of dereliction of duty. Hmm. Uh, if you cannot participate in nuclear command and control, which is a pivotal function, that's a huge gap in the chain of command that couldn't be filled. And, you know, you got the deputy sec def off in, I think it was Puerto Rico on vacation, who didn't even know he was incapacitated. So clearly there was no delegation of authority. And that's just a big deal. And it's dereliction of duty. Now, frankly, that all flows from the way, you know, elected leaders behave. We probably had an incapacity of the president for months, if not years now. Uh, we got a 25th Amendment to deal with that, but clearly we've got a shadow government running our country. And, you know, my guess is if you're sec deaf and you look at that, you're like, well, I don't know why I'd tell him anyway, because there's nobody home over there. And uh, maybe the people that are really running the country were informed. Or maybe, you know, the sec deaf isn't really even in the cards. He's maybe not even part of nuclear command and control, and they've sidestepped that too. So it opens a whole lot of questions. Uh, but the first is the dereliction of duty. And uh, that's a big problem. Uh, you know, when Reagan was shot, there was an incapacity, and they didn't exercise the 25th Amendment, which was for the cabinet to meet and decide, is there an incapacity, and should we, you know, uh, for a temporary period here, appoint the, the vice president to, to stand in his stead and use his authorities? Uh, you know, Wilson had one in World War One. His wife ran the country with a shadow of government for many months. Uh, so... <clears throat> these elected officials don't have much regard for 
you know, civilian control and proper delegation and proper authority. And so it's not surprising Lloyd Austin wouldn't. Uh, and, you know, looking at Biden, it's not surprising Lloyd Austin might not think it was that important to tell the president, given that there's probably nobody home there. Yeah, that to me, that last thing you said to me is the biggest implication here, I think, is, you know, in normal circumstances, in a normal presidency, especially with what's going on in the world, you would think the president would be in constant communication with their secretary of defense about what's going on. Obviously, that that's not happening. I mean, beyond the secretary of defense not telling Biden where he is, you would think Biden would have asked because they'd be in constant communication. And this is kind of proof that they're really not. And it's implications of Lloyd Austin, like you said, but also Joe Biden, like you said. Right. Right. There's a whole lot of people not doing their jobs because uh, I came home to vote for Trump. <clears throat> and so I was here the day of the election. I was planning to go back to Washington and the continuity of operations officer in the Pentagon called me and told me to stay in Huntsville. Um, they knew where I was all the time. And I was probably 42nd in line to be Secretary of Defense if something happened in Washington and, you know, the Pentagon disappeared. Uh, these people know where the SecDef is all the time. They know where the Deputy SecDef is all the time. They know where the President is all the time. And there's a whole host of people at FEMA and the Continuity of Government Office at the Pentagon to ensure we have enduring constitutional government, which means we know where these people are, that civilians are running this country and not the military. Uh, so my guess is they've also been inculcated in a culture in which it's just not that important to communicate with the White House. And maybe the White House is inculcated in a culture where it's just not that important to hear from Austin on a daily basis or know where the hell he is. Uh, it's it's an ongoing problem of diminished and a lack of civilian control of the military. It began long ago. Uh, I saw it day in, day out on, with Milley in the Pentagon. Uh, he's a clear example of it. And, uh, and here we are with Austin, you know, Nobody knows where he is, what he's doing, and, and that includes himself because he's under anesthesia. Man, it's just crazy. Very serious. I mean, you can a lot of people make jokes about this or whatever, but it's also a very serious situation. So, do you think he should resign or be fired? Well, I think the whole bunch of them ought to go home, but that's a matter <laughs> of an election. Uh, uh, you know, if they get rid of Austin, they're probably not going to get a new Secretary of Defense. Um, you know, I think he's terrible, but mm -hmm. they'd probably find somebody worse. That's a good point. Uh, you know, I think it really is a reflection on the president. And, you know, Austin could be the guy that catches the bullet. Uh, but this all goes back to who the hell's run this country. You know, and I'm not sure who it is. Notionally, it's Biden. And he's built a government where this is not abnormal. You know, these kind of things happening, you know, started with Afghanistan. You know, yep, pretty clear. Exactly that was a, right. You know, and that's show. Uh, and this is just more of the same. So, uh, you know, fire him, don't fire him. I don't really care. You know, I think Mallorca's ought to be at the top of the list for cabinet guys to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the Republicans only have so much bandwidth. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point. Speaking with Casey Wardinsky, former assistant secretary uh, to the arm in the Army, um, did want to ask you as well, we've talked about this before, and I know it's something that you're really concerned about. Recruitment numbers for the military in the United States are still abysmal. doesn't seem like it's getting any better. What is causing this? Well, same guy, my book, uh, whoever the hell's run this country. Uh, it, it appears to be Biden as the guy they've got out front. Uh, and for many, many months now, they've told us it's not the woke policies at defense and at the White House. Well, it clearly is now. Uh, you know, out of nowhere comes an article I saw this morning that talks about uh, the racial makeup of 
the missing soldiers. And pretty much the forces that are missing are white. Uh, so if you go back to the last days of the Trump administration uh, and how recruiting was going, we were manning the Army. Millie and that crowd insisted the Army couldn't be less than 485,000 soldiers and probably ought to be more like 505,000. They insisted that was the bare minimum. Of course, today we're probably at like 445, something like that. So, you know, 50, probably a good 15% low. Uh, and when you look at uh, where things were when uh, Trump was president, we recruited uh, 44,000 white soldiers typically in a year. In 23, they recruited 25,000. Basically, 20,000 soldiers didn't show up, and they were all white. Uh, blacks showed up pretty much in the same numbers that they showed up when Trump was president. Hispanics showed up uh, just a little bit higher, maybe 3% higher than when Trump was president. But whites are down basically, you know, like 44%. Okay, that's woke. That's the woke stuff. Mm-hmm. People have the idea they can't get promoted, they can't get fair assignments, they can't get fair treatment. The vaccine thing taught them they would not be treated fairly and that they were chattel. And uh, many left the military and the Army with um, less than uh, honorable discharges, which will affect them for life. Uh, and so veterans look at this stuff. I look at it. I'm a veteran. I've got three kids in the military. I can tell you how I think about it. And it's not like, gee, I want all my other kids to go in the military who are grandkids and so forth. I'm like, these people can't be trusted. I think they've broken faith with Americans. They've broken faith with veterans. And they've broken faith with soldiers and airmen and so, uh, sailors and uh, guardians. Uh, and so it's very clear. The missing military personnel are white. Wow. And that goes directly back to two things. They've affected you know, culture, and they've affected um, the, the perception of fairness in the military. Uh, the culture piece, really, to me, is the vaccine and the woke stuff. And the fairness stuff, you know, frankly, is both. And that they're not going to fix quick. They're not going to fix that. And I know what they're trying to do to fix it. Uh, it's like Back to the Future with that crowd. You know, they brought back the Be All You Can Be commercial. Like, that's going to fix anything. They're wearing the World War II uniforms. Like, that's going to fix anything. And now they're trying to reconstitute this disaster they had called a Sessions Command. And it was a three-star general who was over uh, recruiting and over ROTC. And it was a complete disaster. And by the time they were done, Congress had taken over the Army's advertising budget and pretty much zeroed it out because it was just one dumb idea after another. Uh, It was the All-American football game, which never got one soldier in the Army. It was NASCAR, which never got one soldier in the Army. It was bull riding, which never got anybody in the Army. And every one of these damn things was a gift of a general who had a brain idea about, you know, what sport we need to be involved in so he could be in the pits or up in a skybox pretending he was a potentate and hundreds of millions of dollars were wasted and Congress zeroed it out because they got sick of it. Well, they've recreated that now. Wow. Like it's going to fix anything. Huh. And the first thing they said is they need another 700 soldiers. So they're going to take soldiers from an already short force and reallocate them to recruiting. And I guess your typical recruiter is probably going to get one recruit every other month at best. Meanwhile, probably a good half of our combat forces are going to be, Manned at a level where only half of their equipment, you know, can go downrange, you know, like a tank platoon. Four tanks in tank platoon, right now probably in half the combat units that are tank units, only half of them have crews because they're so damn short of soldiers. Because they can't recruit, because they decided it was smart to go after white supremacy. And they just published a study Lloyd Austin commissioned when he got to be SecDef, 
they just published it sort of on a weekend, so nobody pay attention. In December, uh, they commissioned Institute for Defense Analysis to look into this white supremacy stuff, and there wasn't any. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like it's just crazy. what I said when I left yeah. the Pentagon. And we all we knew. Like we all knew. Guys we were paying yeah. attention to, and that's about the extent of the problem. Yeah, we all knew that was just just virtue signaling at that point. Uh, Casey Wardinsky, we are just yep. out of time, but I appreciate all the details you've given us today. It's unfortunate that even you have to think about, do my grandchildren, is it good for them to join the military? It's That is a that is sad. Uh, it's sad that we're in that state. So hopefully we can turn that around in the future. Casey, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again in the future. Sure, Mike. Take care. You as well. We'll be right back in a moment on the, on the Yaffe Program. It's the Yaffe Program on WVNN. You're listening to Huntsville's Disinformation Board. Alabama's Truth Czar is back on WVNN. Oh, man. Finished up that interview with Casey Wardinsky former assistant secretary to the army had a couple people texting in chris from decatur said wow great interview with wardinsky makes me mad knowing that he's probably a hundred percent right yeah when it comes to lloyd austin and it comes to military recruitment yeah he is a hundred percent right uh, another person weighed in said yaffe fantastic interview with colonel wardinsky like drinking from a very important fire hose please share exactly where to find replay of this on podcast so let me tell you you can always subscribe to the Yaffe Program Podcast. A couple different places you can get it. Go to WVNN.com. It's there. Or pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. That's Spotify. That's Apple Podcasts. That's Google Podcasts. TuneIn Radio. iHeartRadio app. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find it. It'll be up there. All my shows are up there every day. So if you missed any of that interview, check it out. Because, yeah, we did talk about a lot of important stuff. Something else that's pretty important as well, I just want to mention real quick, according to Fox News, it says inflation has climbed faster than expected in December as high prices persist. It says inflation climbs faster than expected in December to 3.4%. Still not at the 2% mark. Is anyone surprised by this? I'm not. And I keep telling you why. Can anyone name one policy that Joe Biden has done that would do anything about inflation or Congress that would do anything about inflation? No, they've made it worse. The only thing that has handled inflation at all, at the very least, is raising interest rates by the Federal Reserve. And that's not going to solve it completely. And as soon as interest rates go down, inflation is just going to go back up because the underlying production issues in the economy are still there. And it's getting worse with people not wanting to work, for instance. So we shouldn't be surprised that inflation is still not completely tackled under the Biden administration as it goes up in December. Do want to tell you about the sponsor here real quick right now, Automation Personnel Services. They can help your business like they've helped countless businesses in Huntsville since 1993. It's all long they've been in this area. They're one of the largest staffing agencies in the country. They can set your business up with the right people so your business can succeed. If you need employees and you don't want to just find them on your own and you want to get professional help, you can with my friends at Automation Personnel Services. If you need temporary workers or permanent workers, they can help you out with both of those things. Like I said, they've helped many businesses in this area for years. Go to APSTemps.com, APSTemps.com, Automation 
personnel services. Let them know Yaffe was the one who sent you. You're listening to Yaffe on WVNN. So earlier we were talking about the five stages of grief because that's what Kelsey Kapowski is going through right now when it comes to Nick Saban. Hey, I'll I'll be okay when they announce Sarkeesian (laughs) or Kiffin's the next head coach. That's when I'll be okay. I think you need to take time to process and grieve. Like, go through it. Take the time. I'm sad about it. Well, I was going to say, I didn't expect, I expected that from Kelsey. He's in the first stage denial. I didn't expect it from you, Tori. Oh, I love Nick Saban. (laughs) I love him. You guys didn't hear it in the break, but Tori and Kelsey are like talking about how Saban's coming back. It's not real. We didn't hear it directly from Coach Saban at the moment, you know? (laughs) And also, I just feel like I I said to my fiance this morning, I said, I wish he would have said something so we knew his last game was his last game. Yeah. And he's like, that's just not. Maybe they would have liked the distraction of it. Maybe that would have given him enough incentive to really win that game. Well, everybody's blaming it on him. I'm blaming it on Seth McLaughlin. I don't know, you know who that is. He was the center for Alabama oh. that fumbled. Oh, you snaps. did. But what's <laughs> funny is you had mentioned yeah. Wayne Kiffin, and I saw someone on uh, on Twitter, or X, I guess. Yeah. Someone on X said there was a report that Wayne Kiffin was like at a drive-thru in Tuscaloosa. Every one of those coaches I has been rude. My, I woke up this morning. I mean, I'm sure. This week. I woke up this morning, and my dad goes, well, a Lanning, Oregon's head coach, has been rumored to be in Tuscaloosa. He's the next head coach of Alabama. And I said, <laughs> so I go, yeah, Kirby's been rumored I mean, there. You, I know I mean, Kiffin has, Sarkeesian has. I everybody is rumored to be in Tuscaloosa. All right of now. our news reporters, sports guys are in Tuscaloosa. Like, everybody's in, everybody's tu- in Tuscaloosa. I'm we're not doing this show <laughs> Let's go to Tuscaloosa, guys. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Okay. Jeez. Other than that, there are Wait, other real things. quick. I yes. have a question, and mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a smart question or not, but a lot of NFL coaches getting... Uh, yeah, Bill Belichick. Fired. Belichick, yeah. Carroll. Could yeah. we see Saban go to the NFL? No, is that I... why he's retiring? No. Or is it just... Sorry, I'll tell you right <laughs> now. People are saying that Bill Belichick's going to Alabama, but you're, you're doing happens. the opposite. Like, is it the One opposite? One too old. It's just a trade. Um, I don't know. It, a lot of people, I think the real report, and Miss Terry has come out with a speech about it. If, yeah, wife, I did see that. Like, if she said concerns. it, then, it's oh. Do you know, though? From Miss Terry. Not from Saban. It's from Miss Terry. It's her health concerns. Yeah. Oh, her health. So Saban's retiring to take care of her. So we. that's why I'm saying we could God, see Saban be man. back. In a world full of what's his name, the Florida coach that's like the kids himself, himself Urban in tro- Meyer. Yeah, in a world full of Urban Myers, you be a Nick Saban. Okay, so well, I mean, we can't. We did talk about it. that. Is trending? That's definitely yeah. trending today. Yeah. But I know there's other stuff. There is. Going Do you on want the well. rest of it yeah. before we get to the number one? Which we're just- All, right. <laughs> All right, let's do it. What's trending with Tori? Keeping you up to date with all that's trending in your world. Well, they have the internet on computers now. You guys know how to post videos to Facebook? It's What's Trending. Sponsored by Coleman Furniture Market. Tell you more about them in a moment. All right, number five. Hey, Tori's level's good. Are we good? We good? We good? Have you got any attacks? Uh, you might as well just turn it up even more. Everybody needs a little more Tori in their life. Go ahead. <laughs> Bump me up a bit. So number five, fruit stripe 
Gum announced today that it is being discontinued after 55-year run. And if you're like, what is the Fruit Stripe gum? It is the colorful zebra print gum that Mm. has the tattoos on the wrapper. Oh, Oh, I love that! It actually has a zebra on the logo, too. I love that gum. You only get the flavor for about... Two chews, <laughs> but you get that temporary tattoo, and that was the best. Yeah, someone yeah. I saw someone post was like the flavor only lasted like ten seconds, but man, that but ten those seconds, ten seconds were epic. <laughs> man, you're flying, you're on a moon. <laughs> I used to love. I love that too. Yeah. Uh, so it's sad. made by the Beach Nut Company, which now primarily produces baby and toddler food. What do you chew gum? I haven't chewed gum Not probably really. since we did our weight loss thing. Uh, it's been, it's been a while for me. Sometimes I do like randomly, but mm-hmm. not very much. I need to yeah. start. Uh, supposedly, it's a great way to quit like vaping and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying you to do that. Definitely for weeks. do that. Or I've been tra- since Christmas. I don't have one anymore. I got rid of mine. I just tried to cold turkey it. Mm-hmm. And they say gum is a great way, but I haven't tried gum yet. Yeah. I'm, trying to I'm not nuts, here to tell great. you how to live your life, but I care for you, and I don't want you vaping. So please stop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think your mother road. and your girlfriend probably would appreciate me also adding to that. Oh, she's yes. she's the one that pushed me to do. Yeah, it, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, but was the last time you had like bubblicious or oh, it's been... like juicy fruit? I used to oh, love the fruit. What is it? The foot long one? Like, would you stick oh, it yeah, all yeah, in yeah. your mouth? <laughs> I and never chew. did that Remember one. we did that? We would put it a whole thing. I didn't put that. And it had the cool that. pink dispenser. Yeah. Do you know I really like a cinnamon gum every once in a yeah, while? Every once too. in a while I get a, a wild yeah. hair to have a little big red. Mm-hmm. I like, okay, I was well, always a fan of the watermelon gum. I don't know why. Watermelon oh, gum. The bubblicious in the square. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, guess who's getting gum today? <laughs> okay. All of us. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Number four. If you are a fan of Popeye's. They have this thing where they're going to give you free wings. Yaffe, looking yep, at you. Right now. If... A team with wings wins the Super Bowl. Either the Baltimore Ravens or the Philadelphia Eagles. They're also including the Buffalo Bills because of the Buffalo situation. Buffalo Buffalo wings, Buffalo Bills. So if one of those three teams win, you will get free wings. But I don't want to cheer for any of those teams. (laughs) I don't either. I'm still going for the Cowboys. I'm going for the Eagles because I love me some Jason Kelsey. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't eat at Popeye's, so <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Does that mean you're also cheering for the, the Chiefs? I would love to see them back together, and I'd love to see Taylor Swift at a Super Bowl. So I, yes, I would hate to see I Taylor am. Swift at a Super Bowl. Personally, as a football fan. I mean, obviously, I'm still rooting for the Steelers, who are still in it. Now I just want some wings. Um, yeah. But for you people to get free wings. Popeye's bums me out, though, because they had ghost pepper wings for a bit, and I went twice, and they were like, oh, we're out. I was no, that's like, the problem with Popeyes. Every time they do something, they have an amazing marketing team. So whenever they do something, it's sold out instantly. I know. <laughs> like remember the chicken sandwich? Yep. Gone. Just like that. You couldn't Very, get it for weeks. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing about Popeyes that I don't understand. And this is not knocking Popeyes. Every Popeyes I see, the line for the drive thru is out in the road. And I don't get it. Yeah. I d I'm like, why are you in line at a Popeyes? Makes sense for me at a Chick-fil-A or an In N Out, which wow. I don't like In N Out, but that makes sense to me. But Chick-fil-A, you're through the line in 10 but, minutes, right, no matter right. how long but it still, is. But still, I yeah. know why the line at Chick-fil-A is so it extremely long. Yeah. I do not know why the line at Popeye's is extremely long. Well, I think it was because the chicken sandwich was a big deal. But what about every other day that I, I drive? The Popeye's by Handles in the Kroger. Yeah, that one's always It bad. is. Always. I mean, out, you're waiting a 
long time. Yeah, I don't even go. And there's a Bojangles across the street. Never a line. I know. I always know. I, I never wait in them. line well, for a Popeyes. I'm always like, I'll tell, I'll tell you this. Right Last there? time I ate at a Bojangles compared to a Popeyes, you know, I could say Popeyes was maybe less than a month ago. Bojangles, I haven't eaten there. I don't know if I I've ever. Bojangles. I may have eaten breakfast there one time because I have like a pimento cheese. Oh, I might get Bojangles. Well, today. the Bojangles <laughs> on what is that? Seventy two across yeah. from Handles. Needs some love because I always look sad looking outside and seeing the line of Popeyes, and I wouldn't wait in either of those lines. I'd I, would go to, I would go to Bojangles over if Popeyes is crowded. I'd go to Bojangles. That's hmm. good. All right, what's next? We're, we are we so, are so <laughs> behind. Number three, uh, McDonald's is bringing back the double Big Mac for a limited time, starting on the twenty fourth. Number two, you what? only need seven friends to be happy. Apparently, according to a viral TikTok theory. Here's the friends you need. A friend you've known since you were little. A friend that can make you laugh in any situation. A friend you can go on forever with talking to or without talking to, but nothing changes. Like you pick back Mm -hmm. up where you left off. A friend you can tell anything to. A friend that's like a sister. A friend that you can't imagine not being friends with. And a friend that knows all about your relationship problems, even though they don't want to hear about it. I'm sure a lot of those are all the same person. Seven friends. Seven good friends is a lot. That's, that's a lot. lot. I have like five good buddies from high school, and we're the only ones that like, uh, that's like the only people we talk to. Yeah, it's a lot. Steffi thinks like, I don't I haven't made enough friends in Huntsville. I mean, I've made some, but she's she's like a social butterfly all the yeah. time. Yeah. Out here, we are and I'm perfectly just, fine with no friends. And I'm just like, I got my cats. I'm I'm good. Got mm-hmm. my cats, my wife, my baby. <laughs> I, you know? I got a job. I've got bills to pay. You know, like, how like, are you making friends? I just want to sit here and watch my World War II documentary yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. What do I need friends for? It's funny. <laughs> when I, every place I've moved, my whole thing is like, all right, I got to hit the ground running, make friends, got to go do things. Uh-huh. Like, And now I'm kind of like, I'm cool. I got a lot of good friends and acquaintances in this area. Yeah. Like, I'm busy with other things. I'll circle back. To, I always love making. Like, I'm always open to new friends. Mm-hmm. But I'm sort of, it's not a priority right at the moment. Mm, okay. But number one in what's trending, Bill Belichick parting ways with the New England Patriots. That was announced this mm-hmm. morning. This is crazy to me. Between that, Nick Saban, let me run through this with you. Alabama needs a new coach. The Seahawks, the Falcons, the Commanders, the Titans, and now the Patriots. What the heck? Is <laughs> this know. normal? I mean, Yeah. I mean, realistically, it is normal. But we're also just going through a period where we just lost three of the best head coaches to ever do it in 24 hours. Yeah. Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, and Andy Isn't Saban. crazy? Um, Although Bill Titans, Belichick doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't. Yeah. That was expected for a couple years now. He mm. just hasn't had a good year since right. Tom has been there, right? Uh, now, the Titans, that was a surprise. Yeah, I was surprised by that. A lot, Amy Adams shrunk the owner, the majority owner of the Titans, just pretty much said that Vrabel was going to be the head coach for the majority of the future. Yeah, and then I just flips the switch, and next thing you know, Vrabel's not the head coach. People like Vrabel. Vrabel's mm. a good coach. So it was a weird move by them. But this kind of just happens. It's the coaching hmm. carousel of football. And it just. You know what hmm. I think sucks? The rest of them, not that. Whatever. Who cares about the Commanders or the Falcons? Like, whatever. Even whatever. <laughs> yeah. Bill, the Patriots Jeez. in Alabama, like, thoughts and prayers to the guys Jeez. coming after the guys. I know. Well, that's like, true. To me, like, that's... those two, like, that is going to be rough. Although, I, it can, you can have, I mean,. A lot of people thought no one could follow like Brett Favre in Green Bay, and then Aaron Rodgers comes in. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and that's you see what he's up to this week? 
his life is a dumpster fire right <laughs> yeah. now. Did yeah, you see but- all of this? crap going on with him i i don't know i, I don't so know. he got taken off mac his acl is the least of his problems yeah. right now i mean i know he was like getting sued by jimmy kimmel yeah yeah and mm-hmm. stuff but he's been taking off like three shows mac but anyways i just feel like it's gonna be very hard for whoever comes in oh, for alabama and for alabama. the patriots like thoughts and prayers and i just hope that they like have the mental fortitude to be like hey at first it's gonna be mm-hmm. you know even if they're, I don't even care about the coaching part, but just the like, the the love we have for Mr. Saban, Is there a you know, coach, like out there that's available that's like at that level for 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 the Patriots, for either Mike Vrabel would be the guy for the Patriots. He's a former linebacker under Belichick, and he just got okay. fired by the Titans. Well, okay, He'll that, go there for Alabama. For I mean, Alabama, anyone who has as much. But here's the, the thing: whoever it at. is, it could on it could actually be the right person. But whoever it is, right at first, it's not. It's gonna feel yeah, not great. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're right; it's gonna completely feel not great. But you go back to the guys that would be right for the job. They're looking at him. Uh, mm. Steve Sarkeesian, uh, David Lanning is 37, and he is young, and he is an Alabama guy for Oregon. He could be there, and then you know maybe you're. You know, you could get your Lane Kiffin back. You don't. You don't. Lane Kiffin was always expected to be the next head coach of Alabama. Yeah. Alabama. Dabo I think that Sweeney, one's. I think that one's interesting. That is very interesting. Dabo Sweeney. The students don't want him. It's the transfer portal issue where he didn't use it. And then, of course, what the home run would be. The home run would be Kirby Smart. But he's already at his alma mater. Don't see it happening. Hear me out. Deion Sanders. No, they're in the they're in the insurance commercial together. That could have been <laughs> that could have been a sign. They're in the commercial together. fans were to rip your head off. They're in the commercial together, guys. What matters? Yeah, that's they don't like Dion. With the duck, they don't like Dion. All right, thanks, Tori. It's the obvious choice. What's trending? Sponsored by Coleman Furniture Market. Um, if you go to their Facebook page, this is what it says. Things you need to do more in 2024. Relax more. I think a lot of you would agree with that. If you want to relax more, you can check out their Lazy Boy Rowan reclining sofa and love seat set. They have a picture on their Facebook page right now. And yeah, it looks really, really comfortable. I would not mind relaxing on that couch and love seat. I mean, I relax on the couch I have now, which I got from Coleman Furniture Market. I love it. Steffi loves it. My cats love it, and baby Evie loves it as well. You'll love any furniture you get from Coleman Furniture Market. They're located on 1807 2nd Avenue Southwest in Coleman, Alabama. Go to the website, ColemanFurnitureMarket.com. When you go, make sure to let them know you heard about it right here on the Yaffe Program. My closing thoughts next here on WVNN. The Yaffe Program. As I've said, I think Trump's pretty much got the nomination locked, and I'm a DeSantis guy. I am seeing reports, though, that most people believe DeSantis won the debate last night against Nikki Haley, which is which is good. There is one line, though, that he had that I, I have to say I disagree with. I think it's kind of silly. Real quick, Kelsey, can you play the DeSantis cut I sent you? DeSantis got one. This is him. Uh, blasting Nikki Haley last night. Here it is. 
she doesn't articulate how this comes to an end, except she was asked uh, after the last debate uh, by, I believe, Megyn Kelly, and she said, you bring it to an end by bringing Ukraine into NATO. But of course, we're a NATO country. So if you bring Ukraine into NATO, that puts the United States at war. Megyn said that to her. And then she basically gave a word salad uh, as to how you go from there. So they have sent cash. Uh, she supports this $106 billion that they're trying to get through Congress. Where's some of that money going? They've done tens of billions of dollars to pay salaries for Ukrainian government bureaucrats. They've paid pensions for Ukrainian retirees with your tax dollars. We've got homeless veterans. We have all these problems. This is the UN way of thinking that we're somehow globalists and we have unlimited resources to do. You know, I think here's the problem. You can take the ambassador out of the United Nations, but you can't take the United Nations out of the ambassador. So I don't necessarily disagree with some of what he said on Ukraine. I think he's right. But the last comment I think is kind of annoying because I have many problems with Nikki Haley. I've talked about him on this show. But the best part of her record is when she was at the UN. I mean, when she was at the UN, she was taking on the UN establishment. She was really being pro-America against some of the corrupt countries across the world and some of the corrupt ambassadors from other countries. So I get his point, but I just felt, I'm like, you're going to point out the one part of her record that most conservatives actually like, how she stood up for Israel. So that was just one part where I was like, I'm not with DeSantis on this. I'm sorry. She, she, her, she was really good as UN ambassador. All the problems I have with her, that, that was not, that was not one of them. I just have to say, I want to tell you about the sponsor before we go 360 painting of Huntsville. You'll have no problems with the work they do. They're awesome at what they do. If you need the inside or the outside of your home painted, um, they painted all the bathrooms in my home. Call them today. Go to the website, actually 360 painting.com slash Huntsville. They can. Business has always been about turning a profit making money but can it stand for something more something beyond dollars and cents we think so we think that today business has a higher calling a purpose to be fair and just to do right by their workers customers communities and the environment and it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line when you see the just capital seal it means this company is a force for good visit justcapital.com to learn more are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Like I said, paint the inside, the outside. They do white commercial painting as well in there. Always professional. 360painting.com slash Huntsville. It's the Yappy Program on WVNN. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. And I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. <laughs> I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. <laughs> Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. 